taking a little bit of a break this morning from our study in John. I have a message on my heart. It definitely goes with what we're celebrating this week, faith, family, and freedom, celebrating our independence, 4th of July. Um, title of the message this morning is a, a few things I'm not ashamed of. A few things I'm not ashamed of. Kind of the uh, inspiration on the message, the concept behind it, is in order for people who are opposed to what we stand for to be able to change it, their first tactic is to make you be ashamed of it. One of the things that they're trying to do in order to try to change the Constitution is they want to make those who believe in certain articles of the Constitution ashamed of what it says. What they want to do to change Christianity is make you feel ashamed of what the Bible says. Amen? They want to twist history and make us ashamed of how we all got here, how our country came to exist. Of course, a lot of twisted facts in that, but I'm going to give you three specific things that I'm not ashamed of today, and I hope that you'll be able to say in your life uh, the same as I am, that those three things that we're going to talk about is this. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not ashamed to be an American. And I'm not ashamed to be a Christian. Amen? These are three powerful things we need to hold on to in our life. Amen? Because there's a world out there that wants us to be ashamed for these things. We need to refuse to be ashamed of it. Amen? Psalm 25 verse 20 says this, O keep my soul and deliver me. That's right, sister. Amen. I love it. Let me not be ashamed, for I put my trust in Thee. Amen? First and foremost, the Lord Jesus Christ is the keeper of our soul today. Amen? If you've committed your soul to Christ, He keeps you. You belong to Him. Second truth we find there, it says this, and deliver me. First of all, all deliverance comes from God. All deliverance comes from Jesus Christ. Everyone that wants you to be ashamed of what you have wants to try to undermine the foundation in which it came to be. Amen? And then they want to try to present some better option as this this will deliver you from something. Guess what? All deliverance will come from the Lord Jesus Christ. There's no other way. And so that's, that's, that's it. So that's, that's a spiritual truth on that. Uh, let me not be ashamed. He is my great deliverer. Let me not be ashamed. What a precious promise there. What a precious truth. What a precious concept that we need to hold on to. Maybe more people who believe in Christ should start praying this to God. Let me not be ashamed. Let me not be ashamed. Because here's the thing. Oftentimes when God's people have an opportunity to display their faith, to stand for what's right, to be a Christian, they're ashamed to do so. That does happen. They're ashamed to do so. Some people don't go soul winning because they're ashamed to, they're ashamed to go knock on doors and, and, and some, some don't because they can't physically do it anymore, but that, that's a different thing. But I'm telling you, sometimes we don't express our faith or share it with others because 
we're ashamed of, maybe not necessarily ashamed of the relationship with Christ, but the thought of how the person's going to respond to us causes us to take a step back and say, uh, you know, Lord, they don't want to hear it. They, you know, I don't want to deal with what they're going to say to me over it. And so that, in, in a sense, is being ashamed of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, I believe that when Jesus addressed it, and I think we'll find this scripture this morning at some point, but when Jesus says, he says those who will confess me before men, I'll confess before the Father. Amen? But what he said about those who don't confess him before men was those that are ashamed of me. Amen? consequences, right? There's a lot on the line. We've been given great freedom. We've been given great freedom today. We can, we can use that freedom to share our faith. We can use that freedom not to, but there's a lot on the line and there's a lot at stake. Because there's a lot of people that need the Lord Jesus Christ. And if we don't give them the gospel, if we don't give them the Lord, who's going to? Let's look at these three things. First and foremost, go to Romans, if you will. Go to Romans chapter 1. You know the verse. Probably done it as a memory verse multiple times. You can probably recite it off the top of your head. Maybe you're just learning it, but this is an important one. If you are... Let this be a foundational verse in your Christian life because it will do you a lot of good. Romans 1.16 For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Amen? I'm not ashamed of what it says. I'm not ashamed of how it changed my life. I'm not ashamed of what it will do in someone else's life. It's my responsibility to share it. It's my responsibility to pray for God to open the doors to share it. Amen? God's in control. And it, but I'm not, I'm not ashamed of the message. I'm not ashamed of the fact that the Bible tells us all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Guess what? Yes, we're all sinners. We're all, we're all made of the same flesh here. You're not better than me. I'm not better than you. We're not better than one another. We're all in need of the same Savior. Whether you're black, white, from China, Mexico, American Indian, whether you're from England, Russia, whether you got money, whether you don't have money, you still need to be saved. And only Jesus Christ is going to do it. And I'm not ashamed of that message. Amen? I'm not ashamed of the fact the Bible tells me that, guess what? All of sin comes short of the glory of God. Guess what? I can't save myself. You can't save yourself today. That's the message of the gospel. You can't just do more good in life than you did bad and because the good outweighs the bad. You know what happens to somebody that treats life that way? They stand before God in judgment and realize they had a lot more bad than they thought. And also, it only takes one sin. And you're no longer holy and you're no longer pure. And you can no longer go to heaven because you have one sin and that sin has to be forgiven. And there is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins. The only way that sin's getting forgiven is when the blood of Christ washes it away. You must accept Christ as Savior. 
And that's the message of the Gospel. I'm not ashamed of the Gospel of Christ. Guess what? It is the power of God unto salvation. I'm not ashamed of the fact that the same Gospel that saves somebody high and mighty is the same Gospel that saves somebody that's poor and beggarly. It's the same Gospel that saves the drunk and the drug addict. It's the same Gospel that saves the person who grew up in church and realized that it only took one talking back to mom that you've sinned and now you're not right with God. You've sinned and you need Jesus. Amen? One sin. And there's no, when you have this conversation with, there's, listen, it's uncomfortable to be called a sinner and nobody wants to be called a sinner. But when you walk through the commandments, you realize that every one of us has at least failed to put God first in our life. You can be a pretty morally upright person, a great person, do great things, love people. You're not a murderer. And that's, well, I ain't killed somebody or I ain't never stolen something, right? Yeah, but you talk back to your mom when you was growing up at least once and don't lie. You haven't put God first in your life. Well, there, you've broken a couple of those commandments. Amen? So if this, if this Bible's true, and you have broken those commandments, then is it also true that it says all of sin and comes short of the glory of God? Will you admit today that you're a sinner? Okay. Jesus paid the price for that sin. He paid it all. He went to the cross. Our sin put on Him. He's the sacrifice. Yeah. He brought the forgiveness. He gave us, He made that possible. Eternal life. He gives us His righteousness. What an exchange. That's the best trade-off ever that ever has, ever will. My sin for His righteousness? Come on. If somebody came up to you today and said, well, here's the thing. Uh, I need, a, I need some change. Uh, I got a $5 bill, but I need you to give me $100 back. Most people would try not to do it because you realize, I can't do that. I'm taking advantage of you. That's not fair to you. What we did to Jesus wasn't fair, but He took it willingly. Amen? Amen. He insisted willingly to sacrifice Himself on the cross of Calvary for us. That's nothing for us to be ashamed of today. Um, the power of God unto salvation, and listen to this, to put this in parentheses in your Bible, if you would, if you haven't already, every one that believeth. Every one. Amen? Every one. There's not a... A list of name God already chose and those people will be saved. And if you're not on that list from before the foundation of that, then you're going to perish in hell because God's already made His mind up who's in and who's out. Calvinism. Um, also, on the other end of that spectrum, you get saved and you have to do this, 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 this. And if you fail in any way, you've lost your salvation and now you go to hell or you have to get saved again. Arminianism, that's what that's called. Uh, so they ask you, well, you're either Arminian or you're Calvinism or you're Calvinist. And a person who's just learning the Bible is like, who are these people and what are you talking about? Our responsibility is just to give them what the Word of God says. So I say, I'm neither one. I'm neither one. I believe the Bible. Amen? 
That's all I need to believe. I, I don't you theology stuff. I don't know about all that stuff. All I know is Jesus paid the price for my sins and I believe on him. And the Bible tells me I've got a hope and it's going to be for sure that I'm in heaven. I've got a place to go after this life is over and it's with Jesus. And I'm not ashamed of that. Turn, if you will, let me give you another scripture on this first point. Go to 2 Timothy chapter 1 8. 2 Timothy chapter 1, look at verse 8. Second Timothy chapter one, look at verse eight. I'll give you a couple more seconds to get to it. Powerful. You know Paul was writing to, you know, to Timothy, and he was addressing, you know, Timothy like his own son in the faith. Amen? With the love of a father. But knowing that his time was done, there was, you know, Paul was he was he, his ministry was being fulfilled, and he was given this charge. Why Timothy is so uh, relied upon for ordinations and when we're dealing with training up a young minister from an elder pastor teaching a younger pastor to give them this sense of the importance of what responsibility is being handed down from one to the next gen- and that is the way Paul uh, is addressing Timothy and and this is just such a powerful reminder to us look at verse 8 be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me his prisoner, but be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God, who hath saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began, but is now made manifest by the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ, who hath abolished death and hath brought life and immortality to light, through the gospel. It just, you know, Paul's telling them, don't be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord. And when Jesus is your Lord, the testimony of our Lord is your testimony that the Lord saved you. You know what eats me up? When you make the decision to be a Christian and to follow the Lord in your life, it won't take long before somebody comes along to try to make you feel ashamed of it. Not everyone's going to be happy about your decision. Not everyone's going to, we're so happy for you. As a matter of fact, some people are going to be like, oh, now, now look at you. Now, you're one of them now. You think you're better than everybody else now. You think this and this and everything, and talking about you, gossiping you. Now they don't want to be your friend no more. Now they don't want to call you no more. Now they don't want to help you get to the store anymore, or whatever's going on in your life and your relationship with them. If you don't want to do sin with them, they're not interested in a relationship with you. Don't be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord. The testimony that He has saved you. Because here's where, how you address that. If me making the decision that's best for me, which is to accept Christ as my Savior, is such a problem for you that you treat me poorly because I've made that decision, then you never loved me to begin with. You weren't my friend to begin with. You weren't looking out for my best interest to begin with. And if me following the Lord means we can't be friends, that breaks my heart, but so be it. 
If that means we got to go our separate ways now, well, then that's just what's going to have to happen because the Lord's told me that He's got something better for me and I'm not going to keep going around the mountains of life in the depths of despair, doing the same stuff over and over again, living in sin, feeling unhappy, feeling empty inside, the void inside, going through the same things, expecting a different outcome, which they call crazy, by the way. Because my Lord has set me free. I'm not ashamed of that. I'd like to bring you with me, but if you're not coming, I won't force you. Come on. But be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel. The gospel will cause us some affliction in our life. But it says that that is according to the power of God. Think about that. We're going through affliction for our faith according to the power of God, meaning it was God's will for us to have some suffering for the sake of the gospel uh, because I believe Jesus suffered and that we should be like-minded or I'm going to chop up the verse paraphrasing it here, but we also know that we're going to suffer because He suffered. Amen? Paraphrase it. In verse 12 of 2 Timothy here in chapter 1, For the which cause I also suffer these things, nevertheless, I'm not ashamed. Think about this. In the Middle East, when the Muslims get a hold of Christians, and they hold, you know, swords and stuff to their neck and they tell them denounce your faith in Christ or we're going to we're going to kill you. Well they know the holy spirit comes on them. I'm telling you it's hard to fathom this. It's hard for me to sit here today and say I would have the same but it's not their personal strength it's God. And what happens is is they say denounce it and they say Christ is Lord. And they lose their life for the sake of the gospel. Uh, Columbine. I don't remember the young lady's name. You remember the terrible, terrible school shooting. And that young man was in there with all those weapons and everything. And he was killing, but he hated, he declared in his whatever they call it, you know, they found information that he was mad at God. He didn't like Christians, and he found this girl in there and knew she was a Christian. She was one that was a light in her school, and so everybody knew she was a Christian. And he had, I think, I believe it was in the cafeteria, and had her down on her knees with a gun to her head and said, Now, now, how real is your God now? How real is your Jesus now? And she gave him the gospel right before she lost her life. A teenage girl. You know what? We're going to go through some afflictions, but we're not to be ashamed. We're not to be ashamed of what we go through for the Lord, because guess what? The more you go through for your faith, you have rewards in heaven. Amen? There's rewards in heaven. That's the Bible. That's what it tells us. I'm not ashamed. Listen to this. For I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. Don't be ashamed of your testimony. Don't be ashamed of the message of the gospel. Don't be ashamed of your personal testimony with the gospel. Don't be ashamed of your calling by the gospel. Amen? Some are called to teach and preach and evangelize. Every one of us is called to share the gospel with others. Every one of us. 
So I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Let me give you this. I'm not ashamed to be an American. We're celebrating our history today. We're celebrating uh, what it means to be an American. And we kind of covered a lot of this in Sunday school this morning. But you can find the Bible in our Declaration of Independence. You can find it in our Constitution. You can find it in our laws. I'll give you something clever. You can even find it in our flag. Amen. Uh, I like this, but the stripes represent on the flag the 13 original colonies. Now, we discussed in Sunday school this morning, those colonies were originally titled Bible Commonwealths. Bible was in the very foundational fabric of our nation. Uh, The states uh, represent the stars, I mean, and we know this, the stars represent the 50 states of the union the wording of our constitution the intent is to form a more perfect union as we talked about in psalm 133 verse 1 behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity let me give this to you today wouldn't it be great if all 50 of our states would get on the same page about what's right and what's wrong and how to follow the lord amen i mean i'm not trying to preach politics up here but when some states say you know what We're under conviction that we can't be doing all this abortion. And then another state says, send them to us. Oh, that's wicked. That's wicked. You wonder why all this smoke's pouring in our country all summer long? I think God's sending a warning. Where there's smoke, there's fire. Come on. He didn't spare Sodom and Gomorrah. Come on. And I think the Bible tells us Sodom and Gomorrah is an example to us. God's telling us, you better take heed. You want to kill babies and commit abominations under the Lord and all this other stuff? We're going to pay a price for it. But what kind of revival could we have in our nation if all 50 states would get on the same page in unity and put some biblical concept to what they do and what they believe and what kind of laws they enforce and their judgments and everything else. Think about the colors of our flag. Red, white, and blue. Biblical colors. Red, of course, symbolic, the blood of Christ, sacrifice, hardiness, valor. Think about this, Colossians 1.20, having made peace through the blood of His cross by Him to reconcile all things unto Himself, by Him I say whether they be things in earth or things in heaven. So you have red, the color of sacrifice. There's no greater sacrifice than the sacrifice of Christ. His sacrifice is the model for all sacrifice, if you ask me. Why would any sacrifice their own life for freedom? Because Jesus... Jesus was a sacrifice for our freedom from under the law and the bondage of sin. White, think about uh, white, is a color in the Bible of purity, innocence, and holiness. Purity, innocence, and holiness, and obviously of Christ. Pure, innocent, holy, amen? He, he, He was God, He came to live as man, to suffer in the flesh, but He never sinned. Pure and holy, and that's what made Him an acceptable sacrifice for us, 2 Corinthians 5.21, what a precious truth. This verse here does persuade many people who have never accepted Christ as their Savior to make that decision. It says this, For he hath made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. You can give up your sin today and accept the righteousness of Christ. He'll give it to you. 
Just confess, Lord, forgive me for my sins, save me, and give me this promise of eternal life that your scripture promises. I believe. And that transaction, believing in your heart what the gospel has declared to you, and at that point in time, if you're, if you're doing it in sincerity, Jesus imparts his righteousness to you. God gives the righteousness of Christ to you. And you're forgiven. Amen. So we got white, the collar of purity, innocence, and holiness. It all points to Christ. Look at blue. Vigilance, perseverance, and justice. That's the representation of the collar blue in the Bible, what it stands for. Vigilance, perseverance, and justice. Well, our nation's always persevered. It's always been vigilant. And we're supposed to be the epicenter setting the stage globally for justice but that's been you know widely corrupted but the color itself and the reason it's in the flag is to point to these things and that to me points to a heavenly christ so we have the sacrifice of christ we have the holiness of christ we have the the heavenly elements of christ the heavenly nature of christ the justice of christ the perseverance of christ guess what the gospel will persevere in your life it's a hope that endures whatever you go through I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. It will persevere. It will help you through. Hey, what does it say? He who has begun a, a, a work in me will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Amen? It's a perfect work, and it's a work that is ongoing. He'll just keep going and keep, keep working on you, keep working on you, keep working. He'll perform that work in you until you're made perfect once and for all in glory. Amen? A day when we'll no longer sin and no longer have temptation because we'll have a glorified body. Colossians 3 verse 1 says this, If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Amen? When you accept Christ as your Savior, you're risen with Christ. You're no longer in that terrible spiritual condition you were in. Now you've been risen to a heavenly position you have, you're positioned and sanctified, all these things for Christ. And so now God tells us this. It's time to forget about those things. Leave that behind. Seek those things which are above. Seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Listen, there's things God wants us to focus our life on. They are in contrast to those things which the world wants us to focus on. The world wants to distract us, get our focus off of what God wants for us so that we can easily be lured away by the temptations of the enemy and not be effective for the Lord Jesus Christ. But if you'll seek those things which are above, if you'll prioritize your relationship with Christ in your life, and if you'll live a life obedient to the Scriptures and you'll put this first, God will bless you for it, and you'll be glad that you did. Amen? You'll get a blessing for that. So even our flag, it points to the sacrifice of Christ, the holiness of Christ. It points to the perseverance of Christ, uh, the justice, the fact that God is a just God, points to the heavenly nature of Christ. And as we talked about this morning in Sunday school, blessed is the, the nation whose God is the Lord. Guess what? The reason why America is still blessed today is because even though we're being attacked, even though we're being attacked from within, even though people are trying to pull down the foundations of what we believe and trying to silence the gospel and 
There's people that would shut down churches if they could. Guess what? The Lord is still our God here in America. If it wasn't so, we wouldn't have people sitting in church pews here in New Lexington this morning. Amen? Because there's still a lot of people in our country that still put God first. The Lord is the Lord of their life. And we know God's blessing on those that believe. And you know what? Just the small remnant that's left is what's keeping ultimate judgment from coming until a time when He takes up the church. And that day is coming. That day is coming soon. So last thing, I'll never be ashamed to be a Christian. Luke chapter 9, verse 26. I knew we'd find this verse. You don't have to turn there, but if you want to, I'll give you a second. Luke chapter 9, verse 26. Jesus was teaching, and He said this, For whosoever shall be ashamed of me and of my words, of him shall the Son of Man be ashamed. When he shall come in his own glory and in his Father's and of the holy angels. Listen, I I promise you this today. If there are people in your life and you have valued their friendship, you have valued your relationship with them, and you have valued the, the whatever experiences in life you've been through with them, and you maybe somebody you grew up with, somebody that you have had affection towards for a long time, it doesn't matter how, uh, it doesn't, it, listen, if because you've decided to follow Christ, they decide to be ashamed of you, listen, it is far worse for Jesus to be ashamed of us because we denied Him than it is for some person in this life to be ashamed of us because we followed Him. And I'm going to tell you, don't let them. Don't let the people of this world make you ashamed of your faith. Don't let them, be, don't let them uh, belittle you, uh, degrade you because you're a person of faith. Don't let them tell you, you know, you shouldn't think that way or uh, all the weird stuff people will say about the Bible and about our faith. You know, and you know I don't, listen, I'm not going to go uh, to the, the fry cook at McDonald's and ask, and, and ask for medical advice, all right? Because he doesn't have a medical degree. If he did, he'd be practicing as a doctor, amen? Don't take your spiritual advice from somebody that's carnal and unspiritual. Don't let somebody give you doctrine about what Christianity stands for. If they've never been to church, don't read the Bible, are completely lost and degenerate. I mean, come on. Who would do that? If one of you needed surgery today, would you go to somebody that's never done surgery before? You'd want somebody that's been trained in it. Amen? If you got spiritual questions, there's come to me. I don't know everything, but I'm a pastor. I mean, that's what I'm supposed to do is help any way I can. I'm not good, but don't be ashamed. If they treat you differently because you're a Christian, don't be ashamed. It may cost you something. It may cost you relationships. It's costed me several. It's costed me several. But you know what? That's okay. Because behold, these are my mothers, my sisters, my fathers, my brothers. Amen? This is your family. Amen? Church family. Brothers and sisters in Christ. The elder ladies, mothers, the youngers, daughters and sisters, the elder men, fathers, amen, 
the younger brothers, that's how we're to look at you. We're our, we are family now. Amen? And so this is your family. And so where, uh, where the relationships of the world fail, the relationships that God replaces them with are far worth investing in. Amen? Because God's looking out for us. So don't be ashamed of the gospel. Don't be ashamed to be an American. Don't be ashamed to be a Christian. You'll be glad that you took your stand for what you believe and what our nation stands for today. Amen. Let us pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, uh, just for the blessed weekend we've had. It really has been special, Lord. Thank you for family time. Thank you for fellowship. Uh, thank you for uh, everyone in church. Thank you for the participation and all the work that's gone into it, Lord. Thank you for our freedoms. Thank you for our liberties, Lord. Thank you for the gospel. Thank you for boldness. Thank you for strength. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. Because through you, Lord, we can stand for what we believe. <clears throat> and we know that we will never be put to shame. <clears throat> People may try to make us ashamed of it. But if we'll stand on the promises of your scripture, Lord, they won't be able to be successful in it. Because we know what we have with you is far greater than anything the world has to offer. And God, we pray today that you'll help us to be influences in the relationships in our life, the, the people around us. Help us make a positive difference. Help us shine the light of the gospel where there's darkness, Lord, that others would see the power of God unto salvation to those who believe. Lord, we pray for many more here in New Lexington to get saved. And uh, we pray that somehow you'll open doors and you'll make that possible uh, help us see opportunity and help us be faithful, God. Bless our church. Bless our families, Lord. Bless everyone as they leave here today. Keep everyone safe, Lord, as, as, they, uh, as they go on and, and have Fourth of July and time with family and everything else. And now, most importantly, if there's one here today that knows they've never accepted Christ as their personal Lord and Savior and would like to do so, would you take this moment? Uh, you can pray uh, within your own heart, pray uh, with sincerity. If this is you and you know that you've never gotten saved and you would like to, it's, e it's as easy as asking the Lord Jesus Christ right now in prayer, Lord, I know I've sinned. I know I've never gotten saved. I believe the gospel and I know I need to get saved. I know that if I don't get saved, th that eternity would be in hell. And I need forgiveness of my sin, Lord. And I ask, today that you forgive me and that you save me, Lord. Save me from my sin. Save me from the consequences of it, Lord. And, uh, and then fill me with your Holy Spirit and help me live for you for the rest of my life. If that's you today, would you take the moment to pray to the Lord Jesus Christ for salvation and then let me know about it after church. If there's one here that's just gotten away from Christ a little bit in their walk and wants to make the recommitment, maybe just... Whatever's happened has happened and pulled you away. You haven't been in the will of God for a little bit. Maybe you want to get back on the right track. You would take this moment today. Lord, I know I've wandered a little bit, but uh, would you help me to get back on the right track, to recommit myself today, um, to, put my, to take the next steps in my walk with you? Lord, would you just help me? Restore unto me the joy of my salvation. Help get me back on the right track, Lord, and uh, help me be faithful and consistent and just strengthen me with your spirit. Protect me from those spiritual attacks.
to just help me get back into uh, walking the way I should with you. If you would pray that and pray to the Lord today uh, just for the help and the forgiveness uh, to help get back on the right track, He'll answer that prayer. He'll help you with that. If you've carried a burden in the church today, I pray that you've left it in prayer to the Lord. Cast your cares upon Him for He careth for you. And uh, don't carry that burden back out the doors if you brought it in. Uh, the Lord Jesus is He's faithful. And um, it's so good to be able to just give Him every need, every concern, every burden, every struggle. Lord, I'm having a hard time with whatever it may be. Would you please strengthen me today? Help me carry this cross. Help me bear my cross, Lord. Help me carry this burden. And uh, Or maybe it's your will, Lord, that you would remove this burden. And uh, God, I just pray that you'll give that deliverance that you've promised in Scripture. Lord, we pray for our community. Keep everyone safe during the 4th of July events that will be going on over the next few days. Please remember our first responders and uh, everybody in our community. And um, just keep everyone safe. Remember all those who gather here. Bless our families and our friends and our relationships. Lord, we need you. We love you. We thank you for the great weekend you've given us. And as we sing our invitation, Lord, I pray if there's any more that continue to need to pray that they'll do so. And uh, Lord, we just love you and we thank you. Thank you for meeting with us today. In Jesus' name, amen.